0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Simply Financial. I'm
1: Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you in the Tri City area with offices in Pinconning and Saginaw. You can find Kevin online at insightfolios.com. We're going to tap into that three decades plus of experience that Kevin brings to the table each show. He's also the co-author of the book Navigating Through Retirement. And if you have any questions for Kevin today, don't hesitate to reach out throughout the show. You can dial 888-885-PLAN to get in touch. Kevin, great to be with you this week. How are you, my friend?
2: Geez, Walter, I'm as giddy as a 40-year-old today. How about you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, a good friend of mine actually uh, is turning 40 today. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, in real life, not in uh, fake imaginary land, Kevin.
2: I'm just taking a few years off. I want to be. I want to feel that way.
1: <laughs> but yeah, if you're feeling like 40, that's a good day, right? That's a
2: good day. Yeah, that's, that's a real day. good day.
1: Oh, fantastic. But,
2: but I'm doing good. You know, we're getting closer to the warmer weather. Fishing's coming around the corner. Everything's looking up, so I'm doing real good.
1: Do, do you dread the allergies, though, that'll also be on the way these next few weeks?
2: Well, you can tell by my voice, it started already, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I am. I am dreading it, so...
1: I was feeling a little earlier this morning, but now I'm I'm cleared up a little bit. So we'll see, we'll see. It, uh, it, it there's usually a rough week or two somewhere in there in the spring.
2: Usually, you know, when I do go to North Carolina, I see Paul down there. Everything has uh, the pollen all over the cars. That doesn't bother me, but whatever's in Michigan air bothers me. So I don't get it.
1: It's funny. Maybe it's the things that you can't see that bother you the most.
2: Maybe it is (laughs) because I can't see it. We're
1: getting deep talking about allergies on the show today.
2: (laughs) We're going to have to bring back Winston and Augustus to go down that. That's right, from last
1: week's show. (laughs) Our alter egos, Winston and Augustus, um, will bring their wisdom maybe at some point during today's show. (laughs) Uh, We're going to have a fun one today. We've got lots of good things to talk about. Uh, You know, it is uh, March, and March Madness is tipping off, so uh, basketball teams across the country playing. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, financial March Madness on today's show, so that should be kind of fun. I don't know if... Uh, I know you're not a big basketball guy, Kevin. You, you probably didn't do your March Madness brackets, I'm guessing.
2: this. No, the, the last basketball game I watched, uh, Walter, I can tell you, Vinny the Microwave Johnson, Isaiah Thomas... And Bill lambier were playing. So, does that give you an idea? A little while ago, <laughs> a little just, while just, ago, just a few years. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I I have a background in uh, broadcasting basketball for several years, yes. and yeah. uh, actually called some games in the NCAA tournament. So uh, I'll I'll be the one I'll carry that segment for you, Kevin. You carry talk, you carry that for me. When yeah. We talk March Madness, or uh, we're gonna also talk about things that don't make any sense. In both the financial world and just in regular old life, Kevin, I'm really actually looking forward to this segment. Uh, This should be a lot of fun. I think you're going to get wound up over this one, and uh, we're going to have a good time talking about things that don't make sense and what we can learn from these things, because so many people do these things. That's the confusing part of the equation. Uh, All that and more on the way on today's show, but let's kick things off with a quote this week, Kevin. This comes to us from an economist, Paul Samuelson. He said, investing should be like watching paint dry or watching grass grow. If you want excitement, take $800 and go to Vegas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a good quote, isn't
1: it? It is, and pretty accurate, right?
2: It is very accurate, but how many of us forget that going into when we had a little volatility is, is the key right here. So it is like watching paint uh, dry and, or watching grass grow. You have to be patient with these long-term investments. We know this. And I think that's a good idea because I just read out of Saginaw here, you can fly to Vegas for $67 nonstop. So if you want to have a little excitement, take the 800 bucks, go to Vegas and let the bet on red, bet on black, whatever you want to do. But when it comes to investments, be patient. Remember, it's a long term investment and don't be in a hurry on those things.
1: I wonder why they make the flight so cheap to Vegas. It seems like every city has cheap flights into Vegas. Hmm, makes you wonder. Yeah,
2: I wonder, right? <laughs> Somebody backing, somebody funneling a little money there to get you down there. I wonder, yeah.
1: Yeah, I've I've noticed the same thing about Orlando. Flights into Orlando are always very, very cheap, no matter pretty much where you are. So I wonder if uh if if the mouse has anything to do with that. I think so. Yeah, probably well, I,
2: right. Well, my dad likes to go to the casino here, and then we have a uh, relative out in um. Las Vegas, so maybe I have to tell him about the sixty-seven dollar one-way fee. And there you go, fair. Excuse me, and then get him out there and visit the cousins, and then uh, maybe have a little fun. So,
1: not a bad plan, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little. Uh, speaking of, uh, I guess gambling. Maybe there's uh, there's probably some gambling going on on uh, March Madness right now with the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, tipping off uh, this past week, and it's pretty much an annual tradition, except for last year, of course, when coronavirus first broke out. And uh, so we're going to take a look at the NCAA tournament, March Madness, and see what kind of financial planning lessons we can learn from it. Kevin will cover the financial parts. I'll cover the basketball parts here. Kevin, if you're like most people, when you're filling out your bracket, and I know you didn't do a bracket this year, uh, but a lot of people still do these. You're usually pretty confident that you've made good picks. You know, you're know, you trying to predict the outcomes of the 64 games that you know are going to be played, or the 64 teams at least. But inevitably, by the end of the first weekend of the tournament, all you hear about is people talking about how uh, their bracket is in complete disarray. It's completely destroyed. All these teams that they picked to go all the way through the tournament have now lost. And uh, boy, they just feel like the, the whole bracket is ruined at that point. Surely there are some financial comparisons to that feeling we all get after the first weekend of the tournament.
2: So Walter, wasn't there a uh, Warren Buffett bet out there that somebody could, you know, a million dollars or a billion dollars, whatever it was, that they if they could pick, you know, the brackets and get all the way, yeah, they'd win? if
1: they could do it perfectly, it was uh, like a I think it was even like a million dollars for the rest of your life, like every year for the rest of your life. He 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 kind of organized it that way.
2: I, well, that tells you the confidence Warren Buffett's got in right. predictability, right? right? Same thing goes for the markets. You can't predict markets. You know, we, we all know that. We learned that last year with the pandemic coming in. It's sort of like the same feeling, right? You take the $67 flight to Vegas, and the minute you get off the plane, you're, you're full of anticipation. You're full of, you know, optimism. And then by the end of the week, you're coming back with empty pockets, and you have that same type feeling. When you try to time the market, that's usually what happens is you have all this, you know, you read this, uh, you know, maybe on Bitcoin, you read this, maybe on gold or whatever happens to be. And you have all this optimism, trying to predict, that, hey, this, this particular stock's going this way, that one's going that way. And it just doesn't, you know, the market doesn't cooperate all the time. That's why we said earlier, it's like watching paint grow. That's the route you have to take. You have to adapt things as they occur that you didn't anticipate, like the pandemic. How is that going to affect your income stream? if if you're invested in the market. It could be your life's changes. Maybe you got married. Maybe you had a new child, something of those natures. And so you have to be adaptable. And You can't, you know, we can't predict the market. We never could. We're never going to. The only thing we can say safely predicting the market is, Long term, the market has always done good. But that short term is where people get hung up on, and that's where people will go astray. They let emotions get in the way. They let the pandemic or, or the 2008 get in the way, and then they make some bad financial decisions. So keep this. No predicting the stock market long term. That's a long-term investment.
1: I looked up the odds, by the way, of picking the perfect bracket. It is 1 in 9.2 quintillion.
2: Oh, you have a better chance of winning the lotto. <laughs> you do, you do a much better chance, yes. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Um, then Now, that's if you were just to do the coin flip guesses now, technically, the odds get a little better because, you know, we know what teams are favored and there's point spreads and those kinds of things. So even if you know a little something about basketball and you're going off of the, you know, that the knowledge that you have going into it, not just the straight up coin flip, it's still one in 120 billion, which is still not very good. odds. no. Uh, also, yeah. so, little side trivia: the best bracket ever, at least according to the quick Google search that I could do while we were talking, um, was a guy who picked uh, the first forty-nine games correctly. So he got pretty far. He picked the first forty-nine games right out of the sixty-three total before wow. he finally lost one. So that's like uh, documented as the best bracket ever. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad at all. No. I, he, he probably got yeah. some side prizes from Warren Buffett during during that it time.
2: got a free book or two. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it was.
1: I guess that was in uh, 2019, so I think he was still doing the, uh, the challenge then, so he, he does have some side bets, Warren Buffett does, that help people out who don't quite get to that perfect <laughs> 1 in 9.2 quintillion chance of uh, getting the right guesses so a little side trivia for you for March Madness all right the other thing that March Madness is known for Kevin uh, not only you know the, the brackets getting busted that's a popular buzzword this time of year but the big upsets you know everybody loves that good upset or Cinderella story unless of course it's your team that falls victim to the upset in which case your entire season has been ruined in the blink of an eye so I guess there's two sides to the upset coin
2: well there could be right So let's look at it from a financial standpoint. Same thing in the financial world. Everything is a winner and loser. So if you look at any one particular stock, at one point in time it's going to be a winner, and one point in time it's going to be a loser on average. So let's just look at a market crash. Um, Walter, do you think in 2008 or do you think after the pandemic when the market really took a hit, that's good or bad?
1: When the market really took a hit, that was Mm -hmm. probably pretty bad
2: for most people, right? Yeah, that but was a bad s- upset. Yeah. <laughs> but for some people, they shorted the market. They bet against the market and that was a good thing for them. You know, we can go into the, you know, the whether that's good or bad for the market short selling, but we've all heard about those types of people that do that. So, depends on what side of the coin you are, but for most, yes, it's bad. What if interest rates, what are they right now? Uh, Walter, Low or high as far as we look back in history.
1: Very low.
2: Very low, right? Mm-hmm. So we all know that in, people flee to, into bonds when they think the market is going to tank. So if we know that interest rates are low and they're, they have to go up sometime into the future, I would say quicker rather than later, and we know that the interest rates, when the interest rates go up, the bond value goes down, that may be a problem there too. So if we're looking at upsets and we're thinking we're betting on the bond market, but then interest rates rise, that could be a huge upset. And have you read the latest about uh, um, the new tax law that they're talking about? It's going to be a big one with the tax increases.
1: Going to affect a lot of people, right?
2: Yeah, they're going to increase. They want to increase the, you know, the corporate tax and other taxes that go along with that. So if you're in that bracket or that affects you, not only does it affect, you know, you're thinking, well, it doesn't really affect me. It affects the corporations. They're going to raise it from 15 to 30 or whatever they're going to do. Do you think that the corporations absorb that? Typically, no. What are they going to do? They're going to pass those costs on to their consumers, which is going to be us. So it's going to, you know, any tax law changes has the possibility to really put a hurt on our income because that's what we're talking about. Money left in our pocket after, after the end of the day. And don't let anyone tell you any particular you know, outcome is good or bad. It all depends on which team you're on. So if you're, if you're on the right side of, you know, the market fall, in your short seller you're happy but for most you're not bonds bonds has been a really good place to be for the last 30 years cuz interest rates have been doing nothing but coming down but now they're going up so maybe that's not the place tax laws are going to change they're already talking about it so you have to adapt to these things as they come along because in life we're going to we're going to you know have several upsets and in our financial life the same things going to happen the key here is to have a plan that can handle those upsets as you go forward
1: The uh, 16th seeded UMBC beat Virginia, the number one seed in the tournament. It was the first time it had ever happened. Back in 2018, that left a lot of people upset when Virginia lost in that game because so many people had picked them. But just like this example, Kevin, there were a few folks who probably graduated from UMBC who said, "Ah, let's pick our team. We can't bet against our own team," and uh, they made out very well in their brackets that year by not picking Virginia to go all the way to the Final Four like so many people did. So it just goes to show you, there's always a winner even when when there are many many losers. And uh, vice versa. Interesting. Uh, Picking your own team to win is often that strategy. That happens in uh, you know looking at the the brackets. You know even if your team isn't that good, it's easy to convince yourself that this is their year, that they're going to be the one pulling the upset, that they're going to win the championship or go deep into the bracket. So you fill them in as the champion every single year in their bracket, no matter whether they're a seven seed, a ten seed, or even maybe the sixteen seed. In some cases, Um, I've seen this happen a lot, Kevin. You know, going to the University of North Carolina, where you know basketball is a very rich tradition. When you play in uh, bracket pools that feature a lot of grads from one school, everybody's brackets look awfully similar. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Picking the same teams to win. So uh, I guess what are we going for here? A little bias maybe that pops up from time to
2: time? Well, you know, I can relate to that because do you remember when the Detroit Lions were competitive when Wayne Fonts was that chart? No, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long time ago. But I remember I was in Vegas at the time and I thought, what the heck, I'll bet $25 on the lines." That's when Scott Mitchell and Barry Sanders and, you know, Herman Moore were all there. I'm going to bet them to, you know, win the Super Bowl. And... You know, I got the ticket, brought it home, forgot about it. And then all of a sudden, they're going to, you know, the playoffs. And then they got to the Washington Redskins. I was all excited. I couldn't find the ticket. You know, I was all, all <laughs> disappointed. Well, the, the, the bad story was is the Lions lost. And the good part of that was I didn't need the ticket. So you can, you can bet too much on your own team. You can bet too much on your own company stock. I give you a good example there, too. I know a couple of guys uh, down in the Pontiac area who work for DTE Energy. And for whatever reason, they like to invest most of their assets in DT energy stock. And we all know that's not a good thing to do. But for whatever reason, because they work for their 20, 30 years in most cases, they just believe that that company is bulletproof. And you can't pick you know, your own team to win. You can, but most times it doesn't work out. If you're betting on your own company and you're betting the majority of your assets there, that's not a good thing. We've all heard of en- Enron. That was an energy company that went out of you know business, went bankrupt fairly quickly. This can happen to any one particular company out there. So don't bet on your own company. Don't bet on your own home advantage just because you work there and you think you have an inside track. Diversification is going to help you here. You can put some money in your own team. Uh, nothing wrong with that, but there's going to be other teams that are going to come in and, and place better ahead of your own team. That's where diversification comes in. Don't go down that road. Don't bet too heavy on one on one thing because, as we all know, it can wipe you out in a minute.
1: That's why I do two brackets every year, one that I do with my heart and one that I do with my head. Kevin. Ironically, they actually usually turn out to be about the exact same. (laughs) I don't know what that says about me and my ability to pick teams, but just throw, just throw darts, just throw darts at that point. (laughs) Exactly. When you lose to your little cousin who just picks them based off of the mascot, um you know that's not good that's not a good sign you might as well be throwing the darts at that point
2: maybe you better have the cousin start picking that's right exactly
1: <laughs> exactly all right last but not least uh, in our march madness financial planning comparisons here uh risky picks you know everybody tries to look for you know back, kind of back to that idea of upsets you look to try and pick some of those every year because that's how you can get your bracket to stand out from somebody else's so if you pick a couple of minor upsets that don't pan out, it's probably not the end of the world. But if you pick a whole bunch of upsets and a whole take a whole bunch of risky picks, well, you're probably going to be in pretty bad shape as the bracket progresses and you're not going to have any teams left by the time you get to the Sweet 16 or the Final Four of the tournament. I, there's an obvious correlation, I would guess, to risky picks in the, in the stock market and investing.
2: There is. What do you think? Um, I'm getting phone calls on right now as far as people wanting to know. Should I invest in this? What would you guess?
1: Oh, like uh, probably like some Bitcoin type Bitcoin, stuff? Yeah, okay.
2: I've gotten probably three or four calls in the last couple of weeks on that. You know, Bitcoin is very popular right now. Marijuana stocks, gold, silver. You take your pick of those things. It's fine to take some risk, just like you were saying. Just don't go all in. Don't put all of your assets in bet on Bitcoin, for example, or marijuana stocks or gold or silver or DTE energy, whatever it is don't go all in typically i'm going to tell you if you want to get in because you think bitcoin's going up or the other stocks are going up no more than 5 or 10% of your portfolio 5% is typically what i tell people and the reason's simple you don't want to have all super high risk all or nothing into your investments. Because if you go all or nothing, that's probably what's going to happen. Nothing part. Because we all know that over time, you know, some of these things that are popular in the beginning aren't so popular in the end. So that's where diversification, again, can help you. Uh, adding to your risky picks so you can level out the risk. So maybe not having just one or two stocks, but maybe having 30 or 40 different stocks. That helps going down. That helps lessen the risk. That helps you know bring what's called your standard deviation down to get your risk down and get you more diversified going forward. So risky picks, okay with a little bit of your assets, but not all of them. So be careful on that and stay diversified.
1: Uh, Great points all around, Kevin. And if you have any questions about what we've talked about on the show so far today, if you are maybe picking too many upsets in your financial plan, just like maybe you have in your bracket, or you're, you're having trouble predicting outcomes in your March Madness bracket and in your investment portfolio, um, if you know that you've got a little bit maybe too much of your own personal bias, you know, picking your own team to win, it happens just as we laid out for you, uh, when it comes to um, picking stocks and, and picking your investments, you can often bring your own biases to the table and that sort of thing, and it can get you off track. And if that sounds like maybe you, and uh, there are some other question marks surrounding your financial plan. It'd be best to get some answers about those things, and you can reach out to Kevin Ray to talk about that when it's convenient for you. If you want to call now or after the show today, you can dial 888-885-PLAN. That'll put you in touch with Kevin. Leave us a quick voicemail. Kevin will be able to get back in touch with you and set up a time to meet for a Zoom call and uh, kind of explore a little bit about what uh, you might be able to improve when it comes to your financial and retirement plan. All you have to do is call 888-885-7526. That's 888 888- 885-PLAN. More coming up on today's show. Stay with us. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. After a while,
0: all that financial noise seems to run together.
1: In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the... Anyone? Anyone? The Great Depression passed the... Anyone? Anyone?
0: It's time for a fresh perspective. Keep listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray.
1: You're listening to Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you all throughout the Tri-City area with offices in Pinconning and Saginaw. You can find us online at insightfolios.com. By the way, if you want to learn a little bit more about what it's like to plan for retirement, some of the basic elements that are involved. And uh, maybe if you haven't ever put together a financial or retirement plan, might be a great idea to pick up the Retirement Rescue Toolkit from Kevin Ray, a physical box that he's going to send you. And Kevin, you're packing that thing with all sorts of goodies these days, right?
2: We are, Walter. We have a couple of books in there. We have some white papers on taxes, which is really uh, relevant these days because we know that they're talking about raising taxes. So there's some great planning ideas on how maybe you can take advantage of that if they do change the law. Um, We always throw some goodies in there from our office, and the sensational Stacy will put that all together for you, and she will get it out into the mail uh, for you on Monday. So look for a physical white box. And we change it up always from time to time, as uh, Walter had mentioned. So there's different things in there at different times, but I can guarantee you this. From everybody that's got one of these, uh, received them in the mail, they always tell us it's well worth it and they enjoyed it. So take time and ask for that kit if you're getting ready to retire, or even if you're in retirement and you just want to learn a little more.
1: All you have to do if you want to get in touch with Kevin and get that Retirement Rescue Toolkit is text the word KIT k-i-t to the number 33222 again text the word kit k-i-t to the number 33222 we'll text you right back with a link to click on you can put in your information and kevin and the team will get that toolkit out to you at no cost no obligation just text the word kit k-i-t to the number 33222 All right, Kevin, there are a lot of things in life that don't make a whole lot of sense. And I want to touch on a few financial things that fall into that category, as well as some of the non-financial stuff, just to keep it fun and light on the show today. This one is uh, one I'm always very passionate about debating with people, Kevin. That thing about driving across town to save a few dollars on maybe a small purchase. I always think about gas. You know, there's always that one gas station that's like, A dollar, you know, less or or less than a dollar, maybe like even 10 cents less than every other gas station around. So people will flock from all over to fill up their tank there to save, what, one total dollar, perhaps? We probably wasted that just driving across town to get there.
2: (laughs) I know several people who do that, Walter. Um, Family members, as a matter of fact, they'll drive 20 or 30 miles, just not a small distance. But, um, you know, because they heard gas is like a dime cheaper, like you said. But in the overall picture, does it make sense? You probably spent more in gas getting getting there than you did saving on gas. Or we had an uncle one time who would pick up the newspaper and he would say Campbell's soup, he loved Campbell's soup. It was, you know, it was a nickel cheaper at that time probably, and he would he lived in Sterling, and you'd normally go to Stanish, but he'd drive to Bay City to save that nickel, which is probably another 20 25 miles. So, how many times have you seen that in your life?
1: Um, it's way too many. Way too many. Way too many. <laughs> yep.
2: are, you, are you guilty of that?
1: No, no, I'm no, not. Okay, now, okay. there is a gas station on the way to uh, visit my wife's parents that, you know, does usually have very inexpensive gas and is a good place to stop off on the way. So if we happen to be passing by and need to fill up, sure, I'll wait two or three more miles down the road, down the highway to fill up at that one. But that's where it makes sense. But I'm not going to go drive all the way there just on a normal day just for the purpose of filling out and coming well, back.
2: Here's one that's kind of similar, but the opposite. You know, when I go to Charlotte down to Paul's office down there, Charlotte is on the border of North Carolina and South Carolina. Now, North Carolina, for example, the gas – and I can't remember. One of them is cheaper. I think it's South Carolina. And there'll be a gas station on the dividing line of, of the states right there on – On one side, it would be South Carolina, it would be probably 20 cents cheaper a gallon. Right across the street, North Carolina... There's another gas station. It's twenty cents more a gallon, and mm-hmm. the one across the street will have more people in it than the one that's cheaper. I don't. I always baffles me every time I go down there.
1: Yeah, uh, higher higher gas taxes uh, definitely yeah. one of the yeah. reasons there. But yeah, funny people wouldn't, wouldn't take the easy jump across the border to go fill yeah. up at that point.
2: It's we're literally across the street. We so. go
1: down to South Carolina to get our fireworks, so you know why not uh, <laughs> get yeah. your gas there if it's that easy. <laughs> well, another one, Kevin, that uh, doesn't make sense i'll throw in one more real life example here before we get to the financial ones and that's uh the fact that lemonade has imitation flavoring but furniture polish contains real lemon juice
2: makes sense out of that (laughs) so we should drink furniture polish is that what you're
1: saying (laughs) no no no. we are not disclaimer we are not not recommending that (laughs) (laughs) okay kevin we live in an age where people were consuming tide pods we can't uh oh yeah
2: we better not go down we we can't even joke
1: about these things anymore
2: (laughs) But that's just odd, isn't it? Because when you go, do you, you ever go to the fair, for example, and you get a lemonade there? Love the fair, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but when you watch them make it, it's full of sugar and a little bit of lemon, right? Yes, yes. And uh, so the furniture polish contains more real lemon juice than the lemonade. That, that's another one there that just don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yep,
1: yeah, exactly. I guess you
2: want to smell lemony fresh when you're done.
1: Yeah. And the real lemon gets the job done, I guess. But it maybe doesn't taste that good to make it in, uh, in lemonade most of the time. Who, yeah, who they use the
2: reject lemons? I guess so. Maybe.
1: Okay. Uh, all right. So let's do a financial one here to mix in with our fun real world examples of things that don't make sense. And then I want to know where the lesson is here, Kevin. Uh, having tax-free municipal bonds in an IRA, why does that not make sense?
2: Oh, for a couple of reasons most of the time here, Walter. When we say tax-free municipal bonds, what we're talking about is, you know, federally tax-free. And then if you buy them in the state that you're in, for example, if you bought one in the state of Michigan, it's free of state tax also. So why doesn't that make sense if you put it in your IRA? Well, an IRA is already tax-deferred. So you're not you're not getting any advantage there as far as, you know, the tax free because it's it's tax deferred in here. You're just you're kind of making your situation worse because you get tax free you know, benefit there, but somewhere down the road it's gonna be all taxable. And with tax free municipal bonds, interest rates are typically very, very low right now so there's a better option to do in most cases if you're if you're looking into an ira most tax-free municipal bonds should be bought outside your ira and the reason is simple you're looking for some tax savings you're looking you know you don't want to declare that the interest that you're earning on that and help you down the road as far as tax savings so there's a big difference between an ira and a non-ira and that's kind of a quick example
1: yeah that's a great point and another thing that doesn't make sense in the financial world yet people still tend to do it um, here's kind of another one that we see sometimes Kevin or at least people having this debate living in a house that's worth two hundred thousand dollars while paying fifty thousand dollars for a car that's breaking some of uh, some of those old Dave Ramsey you know uh, rules of how much car you should own based on probably income levels and uh, you know value of house and that sort of thing
2: well, first of all, can you buy a new car for $50,000 nowadays? <laughs> you know,
1: depend Depending on the car, but yeah, not, yeah, yeah, they're starting to get to where that's still the standard package. Yeah. yeah,
2: but that's one quarter of the expense of your house. So is it better in that case to maybe whittle down that? You know, maybe you buy a less expensive car and you start whittling down that mortgage. I think it is. I think that makes more sense. You know, sacrifice today a little bit for, let's think of it this way. What would your older self thank you for doing something today? And that would be like, let's start paying down that mortgage, let's get less of a car. Those types of things. So I think, you know, if you have a $200,000 house and you have a new mortgage and maybe you could apply those dollars and get rid of that mortgage, because over 30 years, that mortgage, that interest adds up to hundreds of thousands of dollars more than what you originally borrowed. And then that car, there's there's interest on that too. So I think there's a better way to do that. And I think, you know, the $50,000 car nowadays isn't hard to do, but I think if you have a house and you get the mortgage on there, I think there's just a better way to look at that.
1: Yeah, it's a great point, point. and this isn't to knock somebody who maybe lives in a simple house and they want to have a nice car. I think this no. is taking it more from the approach of if you are paying on these things, um, that's you know if if you've paid cash for all these things, well, sure, yeah, it doesn't matter what that yeah. you know comparison is.
2: Yeah, if you're struggling, you know the meat ends meat, and you do something like this, this just doesn't make sense in most right. cases. Right. Yep, uh,
1: having the money to pay off your house and wanting to pay it off but not doing it because your mortgage interest is the only tax deduction that you have. Have you had people wrestle with that before?
2: Yeah, we've had a couple of people talk about that. Now, remember, the tax laws are different. So in most cases, that interest that you're paying isn't tax deductible no more because the standard deduction is close to $25,000 if you're a married couple today. So if that's your only reason you're not doing that, and you have money sitting in the bank that you could pay it off, what we call lazy money, we've talked about this forever, it's earning nothing. It's sitting there. It's getting, it's not getting fatter. It's getting slimmer because the interest rates are so low today that maybe if we look at it long-term on this and you pay off your house and let's say you owe 100000 you got 100000 sitting in the bank, how much interest would that save you over the next 10, 20, 30 years versus how long would it take you to build that back up if you just take your mortgage payment and start paying yourself back? So I think there's a better way to look at that and that's just doing it that way and seeing in the, you know, in the 5, 10, 15-year time frame, which way is better for you. And the only way you're going to know is if you sit down and figure it out.
1: That's a great point, Kevin. All right, one last one. Uh, things that don't make sense in the financial world. Keeping $300,000 in the bank just because you like the security of it.
2: Well, believe it or not, people do that. They, you know, they like the idea that hey, I can drive down the street, go to my bank, and get my get my money out. But as we talked about that, if you have three hundred thousand dollars sitting in the bank, it's lazy money. It's sitting there, and at the end of the year, you may have three hundred and three hundred thousand two hundred fifty dollars, depending on what interest rate you're getting nowadays. So it's not earning nothing. Put that money to work put that money to work think of it as your employee put it to work so that you get a 1099 at the end of the year so you can earn something on it so you can get 3% nowadays in a, in a traditional no nonsense fixed 5 year note you can get over 3% nowadays so if you got 3% on 300,000 that's $9,000 a year of interest in this case or if you get a quarter percent you know it's not much so and I'm not saying if you have 300,000 you take all 300,000 we have to have emergency money those types of things set aside but take some of that put it to work because what it's going to do is it's going to enhance your overall retirement picture down the road because it will grow faster. And if you want safety and security, there's ways to do it. If you want to invest it in the market, there's ways to do it. If you want to buy dividends, you want to buy a house that generates income. There's ways to do that. Just don't let it sit in the bank and do nothing for you.
1: Great points all around, Kevin. And again, if you want to reach out and talk about maybe something that's going on in your financial or retirement planning life, maybe there's something in your plan even that doesn't make a whole lot of sense now that you look at it or think about it. I'm sure we could continue to come up with lots of examples like this for today's show, but uh, we'll stop it there for now. But if you have uh, one of these examples in your own plan feel free reach out to kevin talk about them with him and uh, he can go through your financial plan give you a complete planning review of what everything looks like where there are some gaps or holes in the plan how those can be filled and improved if you want to have that initial conversation there's no cost or obligation to do so just pick up the phone and give a call to 888-885-PLAN that's 888-885-7526 you know what else doesn't make sense in the financial world that's procrastinating and just thinking that the problems will take care of themselves. So if you know that you have some issues with your plan and you need to get those addressed, don't wait any longer. Go ahead and do it now. 888-885-PLAN is the number to dial. That's 888-885-7526. More coming up on today's show. This is Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. It's getting to know you time. Hey! You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray, and this is the part of the program where we have a little bit of fun and we just don't uh, spend all our time talking about financial stuff. This is where we just get to talk about you know, funny, goofy, uh, interesting, sometimes deep things here on the show. I come up with a random question for Kevin each week. We call it getting to know you. Uh, Kevin, here's my question for you this week. What is an irrational fear that you have? So not just a regular old fear, but something that you even know is irrational.
2: Well, that's that's pretty easy, Walter, and, and I can tell you exactly where it came from, too. It came from my mom. Um, now, I'll tell you a little bit about my mom. She loved to mushroom hunt. She was very good at finding morels and beef steaks and those types of things. But she was really afraid of snakes. So when I was a little kid, my memory goes back a long time, we had a dog. This time, this dog was named Corky. And, and my mom, my mom would take Corky in the woods because the first time I went in the woods with my mom to find mushrooms, I heard this blood curdling scream, and it was over a gardener snake. So from that day, my fear of snakes <laughs> began. So she got Corky, and Corky would always go in the woods looking for mushrooms. But she, I don't know how she did it, but or if Corky just picked it up. But Corky knew my mom hated snakes, so every time Corky'd be out in front of my mom, never behind, always in front where mom was walking, and when he'd find a snake, he would circle it. So my mom knew that the snake was there. And even still then, it freaked her out. So my irrational fear has to do with going way back in time and hearing that blood-curdling scream. So I don't want anything to do with snakes. I don't want to fall in the pit of snakes. I don't want to see snakes. I don't want anything to do with snakes. I know it's kind of crazy because gardener snakes are pretty harmless. Right, those types of yeah. Things. And uh, it, just, it just, I don't know, it just gives me the heebie-jeebies to this day. So what about yours?
1: Whether whether it's a good snake or a bad snake, you have yeah. an, an irrational fear of them. And
2: most think. of the snakes here in Michigan are good. You know, they don't hurt you. So, you know, you get a few rattlers, but you never see them.
1: yeah. Well, without getting too deep on the show today, since I was very little, I've had this recurring dream that I get every once in a while, and uh, it's not long. There's no plot to the dream. I just fall. It's just a never-ending fall. I just sort of – and I wake up. I never hit the bottom. I just keep falling, and it just never ends. And there's this sensation of it just speeding up, you know, faster and faster and faster until the speed of the fall becomes overwhelming. And I usually wake up and I wouldn't classify it as a nightmare. It's not like I wake up like, you know, panting or, you know, upset or anything. It's just I wake up and, you know, it's over. But I've I always had this dream every once in a while. It still comes up even to this day. But I it kind of carries itself into real life where I would say I have an irrational fear of like, falling into a never-ending pit <laughs> so, because of that dream and i don't know where those never-ending pits you know exist in our world but um <laughs> i guess if we were in space i would be very afraid to like fall off and just have kind of that never-ending float back to back to earth i don't know something well, like that
2: that kind of explains you know because on the show we've talked about you falling into a pool. I do fall so, a lot, a, true, yes. yes, yes, yes so that yes. kind of explains it a little bit, huh?
1: <laughs> I do have a lot of falls and so, yes, maybe there's some sort of metaphor or a mm. prediction from even when I was young knowing that I'd be falling all the time. Um, <laughs> and so this, this irrational fear of the never-ending fall, maybe that's it, the never-ending falling just means I'm, always, I'm not going to fall into a pit that never ends, but I'm always going to fall. It's just a never-ending. Sure. I'm always going to be clumsy. Maybe that's what the dream really
2: means. Well, don't go. correlate that to the stock market. <laughs> when you get Involved, it's going to never-ending fall. So. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we're not
1: translating this lesson toward yeah. uh, toward too much other things here. Go. So, I, again, this was irrational fears, not uh, not, our, not necessarily our everyday fears, but in any event, um, funny funny stuff. All right, more coming up on today's show. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Stay tuned.
0: Planning for retirement shouldn't feel like rocket science. According to the equation, S. This- equals one half a t squared but it's easy to get lost in the financial jargon keep listening to clear up the confusion well before we wrap up for the week here on
1: simply financial I want to squeeze in a quick question from a listener marty has a question this week uh if you have questions you could submit those kevin at insightfolios.com is the email address or online at insightfolios.com Marty says, I've heard that you need to have between 15 and 20 times your annual salary in savings to be able to retire comfortably. Do you think that's accurate?
2: Well, that's a rule of thumb, Marty. And I can tell you, the more you save, the better off you're going to be, obviously. But I can also tell you that everyone is different. And I can give you an example. I have a couple of clients where their pensions are over $100,000 per year. Now, that's you know not many clients, but I have a couple, two, three that are their pensions or that. So if that's you, obviously, you know, the 15 to 20 times probably isn't as important as if you don't have a pension. But the more you save, obviously, the better off you're going to be. And 15 to 20 times maybe the good rule, may not be the good rule. The better rule is this. Figure out what your shortfall is figure out how much income you need to generate up and above your Social Security and your pensions, figure out how much you've saved for retirement, and then figure out how do you turn what you saved in retirement into an income stream that doesn't run out before you run out of life. And that's the first that's the first step, Marty. And that's not necessarily fifteen to twenty times. In fact, often it's not fifteen to twenty times when I sit down with people. So it all depends on your own personal situation. Obviously, pensions help out a great deal. Social security is gonna be in there. Maybe you have rental income. Maybe you, you you have land contract income. I don't know. But fifteen to twenty times is just a rule of thumb. And most of the time when I sit down with people, that's not accurate. So Marty gave me a call. Happy to sit down and go through that example with you that we just went through and see if it works in your particular case.
1: If you need a complimentary, customized, and comprehensive financial plan, uh, Kevin Ray is the person to turn to to get that here in the Pinconning and Saginaw areas, offices in both locations. And you can schedule a time to talk about your situation by dialing 888. 888- 885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Best way to get in touch, 888-885-PLAN. Call that number. If you get the voicemail, leave a quick note. Kevin and his team will be able to get back with you. 888-885-PLAN. Call now, 888-885-7526. Have a great week, everybody. Until then, we'll talk to you next time right back here on Simply Financial.